It is Diez de Mayo 2021. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. I was too thirsty going into this. I already cracked open. Have you guys tried this uh, bubbly bounce? It's caffeinated sparkling water. Stacy has. She told me about it. I didn't realize that it was. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty tasty. It's. Uh, nice. I will say, in in true soft drink pecking order, it definitely is below the aha caffeinated ones, like the green tea citrus and the. Actually, that might be the only one I've had from AHA, but that's that's like my favorite probably right now. But um, that and uh, their watermelon strawberry. Have you had the AHAs? I know you make yours at home mostly, but anyway. Yeah. I'm Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley. And then Dan James is having technical difficulties right now, uh, trying to get his, uh, get his camera working. But we're going to forge on. Thank you guys for joining us on this lovely Monday evening in Atlanta. It's starting to heat up a little bit in the city. Hopefully it cools down some. And hopefully Dan will get in here. We're, we're just hoping that he gets his stuff sorted out. And the only reason why we had to get started is because our stream will get canceled if we don't. So (laughs) thank you guys for being patient with it all sorted out. This is, this is the first time in a while that we are live. The fake trap as Brian likes to call it is live on Periscope and on Facebook live uh, we're doing this little thing where we stream to multiple platforms, kind of upgrading our our streaming capabilities for a little while. So on Twitter Live too, right? I hadn't checked the. Yeah, it's on Periscope. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Does that still be... populate at the top of your timeline on Twitter? Like, um, like oh, I don't to? know. I'm I don't check know. We've quick. we've been tempted to try out Spaces. I don't know. In the trap, are you guys familiar with, or do you like listening in on people's Spaces? I know that some people. It seems like a random thing, especially now. I think all you need is you think six hundred followers, right? For it to yeah, to it's, come up. yeah. And Periscope, I think they've kicked off of the they've they booted it from the UI being at the top of your timeline. I just signed into my gotcha. personal Twitter and I didn't see it uh, populated there. But well, we got Anibal like in here. Anibal's on here from Periscope. Yeah. Rolling yeah, retro, Rich, I like it. We got we got the uh, the usual crew joining us tonight: the faithful Richard Gordon, Elliot Beaven. Brittany S, Michelle, Bradley D, Dirty Bird Person, Annabelle. Yeah. Um, people asking what Periscope is. Periscope was a streaming platform that you, the Twitter bought and then kind of decommissioned. And I don't know when it's going to come back if it does come Hopefully back. Hopefully we try- can figure out a way to integrate with the rooms, though. That'd be fun. Spaces. Right? Spaces, that's it. Will Balron. I just added Dan to the stream. He doesn't have a camera. I don't know if you want if you want me to just wait till you get your camera mm-hmm. sorted, Dan. Can you hear me? I don't know. Yeah. It seems to be some sort of admin thing that I don't have access to. So. Oh, you Windows people. Granted, I'd be a Windows person. I didn't have work computers, work Macs. But. Oh, well, that's okay. Um, I'm fine with no camera. I just coached my U10 boys last soccer game of the season. So I'm really sweaty and kind of a mess anyway. But uh, 
even more again, reason why uh, even more reason why i'm disappointed the camera's not working dan to be honest exactly. well plus give you know, the people what they want go exactly yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not wearing any clothes, so I get no vi- I get no visual cues. So we're just gonna yeah, it's gonna be business as usual. We'll still just talk over each other. It'll be great. <laughs> so it's I good. We, we've kind of mastered that art over the past. Um, what how, we've been recording for like what three two three months in a row now. It feels weird to be like wow. in a consistent groove. It's pretty great. Uh, we got Gabe Lajas in here. Will Bauron. Uh, I think who became a dad over uh, the pandemic yeah. off season. Wow. Um, I, can't, I can't remember if he had, I don't I can't remember if he became a dad while we were still recording. If not still, congratulations. I'm pretty sure uh, he did. I thought he did it. He was um, typing in the comments uh, oh. while his life was in wife was in labor, I believe. Yeah. That's dad squad. I'll be a part of that in a couple, two months, two months, guys. Oh, it's coming Tim. Yeah. yeah, it's coming. It's uh, we're taking, taking uh, birthing classes at Northside and it's just, it's all real. It's all very real. At the end of the, I've never gotten to the end of a three hour class and been like, uh, why is it, this needs to keep going? I don't like, you're not, I don't know enough. <laughs> like, uh, you never know enough, but it's just, you know, you'll figure it out as you go along. It's stressful. Yeah. But you'll be fine. Yeah, no, for sure. I, yeah, I, I don't think anybody, uh, anybody's that, you know, parents, parents on the trap. Did you guys get home and you were like, "Oh, I got this." Like, I'm not panicked at all. I'm not first time. Is it? Uh, yeah. And then Dan Landon was pretty Schultz. confident. That's why he had six of them. So that's right. It's, it's easy. Once you've yeah. changed one diaper, Tim, you've changed them all, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Uh, Landon Schultz saying, "Is that push, push, breather, breathe, breathe, push?" Um, I wasn't ready for a quiz. I um, think I think the actual quote is. Um, Breathe, breathe, get this the fuck out of me. It's, yes, uh, I think that's correct. Hurt. I think that's what Sigourney Weaver said in Alien. Whenever <laughs> she was trying to expel yeah. that. I remember uh, that 30... from the Rugrats movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Dill Pickle, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I think oh it's, geez. I think it's Knocked Up. Uh, that's a great movie mm. where she's screaming at him like, what have you done to me? <laughs> Yeah, I, God, that's a good movie. That's that's a that's fantastic. That's an underrated. All that matters movie. is that was- Hasetto is here for the Arby's talk. Thank you guys for tuning in for that last week. Yeah, it seemed to be a, a very polarizing topic to say. The <laughs> oh yeah, He's, he he is officially Haletto now. Um, and then Kevin Escobar has a new challenge for us this week. He said this week on HB4D, which sitcom is each player on the roster is, and why is everyone Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah it's true that's that's a like good it. it's a good uh conundrum and it's good it's a good puzzle um yeah. i just am trying to avoid talking about yesterday's game to be honest why which one i'm just kidding you want to talk about the snipers that were in the stands for the uh, orlando <laughs> nycfc game because <laughs> philly fans were not happy with me that's for sure you know what's crazy is how much we we and the Orlando faithful absolutely hate each other, but we need the um, we need the the handshake meme of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers from Predator, <laughs> but for like hating Philadelphia <laughs> and then hating NYCFC. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous. Did you guys watch any of the other games before we talk about ours? Um. No, I'd watch kind of some of Montreal and Nashville. Um, 
that was a few weeks ago. But um, I because I was trying to get prepped for this one, but I didn't see their last game against Vancouver at all. Gotcha. No, I didn't get to watch uh, any MLS outside of Atlanta United this weekend, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, I really just watched the Orlando NYCFC game. And then the other hubbub around the league is the Columbus Crew dropping the crew, dropping dropping a new logo that's gotten everyone up in arms. What are your thoughts? I honestly don't. I don't have thoughts. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a graphic designer, nor am I a Columbus Crew fan, and I really don't think that it has that big of an impact on the league. So yeah. I think there's a lot of. Oh, there's a lot of overreaction about it and like its impact on design and like it's just how lazy it was and the history and blah, 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 blah. I do not care. I don't care. It's not driving ticket sales. It's not driving interest or driving away interest in the league because somebody has a bad logo. How many bad logos and crests are there in EPL? Or not, or in the FA in general, like so many, like there are so many teams that have bad logos. And isn't there a team? Who is the team that got sponsored by another team? I'm pretty sure Wolfsburg is sponsoring some other team in another league. That is the Chattanooga Red Red Wolves are being sponsored by Wolfsburg. That's right. That's that's right. Oh, which is weird. Anyway, (laughs) anyway. I'll take the Columbus Crew shirts with that new logo over a blank, pretentiously blank Inner Miami shirt. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not early two thousands or until early two thousands FC Barcelona. Like, don't, just just get a shirt sponsor. Yeah. I just don't. My only beef with it is, well, I prefer the one they have now. I just don't understand why they want to spend the money to rebrand when it seems like they don't need a rebrand. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing that could potentially be argued about it is that they do have a little bit of this tarnish on the brand based on them having to quote unquote, save the crew, you know, and maybe this mentality that it was a failing team and that the interest wasn't there and that somehow a rebranding or restructuring, garners some additional interest that was waning. That's the only thing I can kind of justify it with, you know, is that they're separating themselves from that narrative in some way. I feel like the whole save the crew movement did that. And when Joey Saputo moved to Austin, yeah. um, but I guess, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it seems strange. Well, Balron says it's the new ownership and it's, yeah, it, they don't want anything to do with pre-court. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony okay. Precourt, not Saputo. Saputo's still at oh, Precourt, right? Sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Precourt, not Saputo. What am I talking about? Yeah. Saputo's next game. Yes. Saputo was on Saturday in Atlanta, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Elliot Beaven in the trap. The announcers were annoying. They were so annoying. I cannot oh, yes. stand Alejandro uh, Moreno anyway. Um, He's just, I just feel like he's just uninformed about anything. And I know that's ironic. So much of it was just, I'm going to say podcast. the player's name. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. but player's then, name passes. To I remember he name. said he did an interview with Joseph Martinez. Um, I think it was the end of the 2019 season. And Joseph had missed one of his uh, uh, stylized free kicks, you know, where he does the hop and the jump. And even though he scored like every other penalty beforehand, uh, Joy just he just 
focused in on that one penalty he missed and just wrote off his whole approach. And yeah. I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, John Strong or Alan Champion, and who was next to him, who was just silent, and it was just really awkward because he's like, "Well, you know, it's worked about a hundred times before, so." what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. He must've been listening into uh, a lot of the Atlanta United uh, stadium, like my section of the crowd whenever he missed that, because that was definitely the sentiment that was piping in. Yeah. If we wanted to get into the Miami match, that is, well, first and foremost, we're talking about Joseph. Let's just, let's go ahead and recap. Nobody doubted him myself and you included Tim. And I was a little worried selfishly i was like oh no we're winning one nil and joseph scored that means tim's gonna get four points but the result ends up going one one with joseph scoring the goal so i take the four points tim takes one dan with nothing my lead now stretches guys even further guys i want you to mark this down this is an historic day (laughs) for tim herb scoring his first point of the season, the first of many, have you? <laughs> and I'm going to go on to win this. I'm going to predict oh. at least by five points against both of them. I think that is a, I think that is a conservative margin of how bad it's going to be at the end of the year. With my, uh, I was going to say oh, procrastination, boy. my prognostication. Um, yeah, right now, Kevin stands alone at the top with 11 <sighs> points. Kevin stands alone. Let's just get that out of the way. Kevin just stands alone. Dan with three and Tim with his single point from this past weekend. Hey, what was my number in soccer? One and only. One One and only. Did I lose points? You got zero. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. This isn't Jeopardy. We should go Jeopardy, though. So if you you, you predict. Yeah. If you predict the scorer. And get it wrong. You should get deducted a point. It's like wagering. Like, we should put that in here. We should put wagering into this. I think that would be fun. Uh, Gabe Lajas, our buddy up in uh, Tennessee, letting Dan know it's Chattanooga FC that's sponsored by Wolfsburg and not the Red Wolves. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. It's just because he's local, you know? We, we can't keep up, Gabe. We can't keep up. I think that's that's it. Granted, no. at some point, I think in – in our lifetime, Chattanooga is going to be considered part of Metro Atlanta, right? Like the way that it's going right now, like it's going to be so. spread out enough. I love Chattanooga, it's... man. That's such it's a great a nice little city. city. It's yeah. A great little city for sure. Big fan. It's fun. But yes, to yesterday's match, a one p.m. kick down in hot, hot Miami. I think it was like eighty. What do they say on the field? It felt like the heat index was in the nineties, right? Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. So. Mandatory water break or hydration break 30 minutes in and then 70. What's is it 70 minutes in to the in the second half to do a hydration break, something like that? I think that's right. That was part of the I don't know if that's part of the narrative just from Twitter. If that's, you know, hindsight talking about the heat having an impact on on the players in the second half and, you know, our our tenacity and our, our press and, you know, just the effort that the team puts in on a on a daily basis. But um yeah, it it definitely seemed to have an inf- uh, an influence on the game at some point in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer about what's happening with this lineup right now. I mean, looking at the starting eleven and the playmakers that are currently absent from the roster that we all talked early on that Atlanta's got a ton of depth and 
we all felt really comfortable going into this season, especially in those first couple of games where at every position, it seemed like we had some bevy of people waiting to step up when needed. And unfortunately with very little rest and injuries at every turn, and then some personal reasons for people being out, it seems like this depth just continues to be tested. And we definitely saw that again this past weekend against Miami. That, that was really, especially with the fatigue just from wear and tear of the season and repetitive games and, and the injuries, but also with the players themselves, we just didn't really seem to have enough depth to bring up off the bench to help supplement them in the final half of the game, which ultimately leads to uh, that, that equalizing goal in the second half. Yeah, it's, I mean, we've played. I mean, we've played a lot more games than Montreal have already in the season. Uh, it's caused a lot of ah, Montreal. What of the Miami? And it's caused a lot of. Um, it's caused a lot of fatigue. Uh, we you could see that over the over the course of the game as we would get further into it. Like you said, Kevin, the last is twenty twenty five minutes. You could really see it. There were some mental errors like that. That one that Sosa gave. Uh, Iguain on a platter who was yeah i mean it was a great save from guzan to stop him but you really think that gonzalo Iguain should do a lot better um yeah. were, i feel like that was two clear-cut chances he he should have put away um but you know that luckily i feel like things went uh things fell our way um which is great especially with with the var thank god that um Joseph Dickerson, Dickerson does not like to give penalties for handballs. So, so do you think fantastic. that the Miles – you thought that the Miles situation was a handball? No. I thought the Bellow okay. one was, but I thought Miles was not. Because every time I saw the replay, I couldn't make out that it definitely touched his hand. I couldn't either, but I also I disagree with the Bellow thing. I don't. What's your justification for thinking that the Bellow handball? Because he turned his body. So his body was sideways. His torso was sideways on when his arm got hit. But he didn't make a play on the ball with his – like his hand is in a natural position. Like it's clearly right down by his side. It's not in an unnatural position making a play towards the ball in any way. Right, but, but, it, it's, but because his torso is turned sideways, so his, the side of his rib cage is towards the ball and his, ball, his arm is back behind the middle of his back. So if you were just if you were straight on, if you were head on towards the ball, then it would be. But because he's rotated his torso and kept his arms in position, then it's kind of like in an unnatural position. But I'm either way, I'm glad we it wasn't given. Yeah, Tim, what were your thoughts on both of this? I think neither one of them's a, a handball, personally, especially the Miles Robinson. Like I didn't see any contact whatsoever where the ball changed direction or spin or anything. Yeah. So. Um... You guys are forgetting there was a third question. Well, that was the one that Dan was originally talking about. Yeah. Guzan? Oh, no. No, I didn't talk about the Guzan one. No, so that's what I'm saying. There are three, which DeBert and Boise and uh, Michelle and the Trap are both bringing up, uh, and then Elliot, too. So I think, I know this is going to sound like a homer. Okay. So the first one with Bello, I agree with Kevin. I, I think he's turning. I think he's I think he's naturally playing the ball. And then um I think it's into that like he's so close too. That's part of it too, is like proximity has to play into it at a certain point, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like he has not enough time to react right. there. Um, with Miles, my problem with the Miles thing was I honestly wouldn't have been upset if it gotten given because it's impossible for me to tell from the video footage that they showed because Alejandro Moreno, again, back to him being rather annoying and rather cut and dry about everything being a penalty or not, or like he, he was very, very much assured of himself throughout the entire game with his calls and everything. But the miles one, like I said, I, if it got called, wouldn't have cared. I obviously would have cared, but like, I wouldn't have like contested it that much because it's hard for me to tell. But like, if you looked at the back camera angle and they only showed it pretty shortly, it looked like the ball went under his arm. Yeah. yeah, from the back mm-hmm. camera angle, it actually didn't look like it clipped his arm at all. Like it no. didn't look like it changed trajectory or anything. And then to Michelle, I think Michelle said uh, she disagrees with the Guzan ones. It's definitely not a penalty, and I agree because that was a continuous play on the ball. Like he slapped in the same way. Like if you uh, if you're, you're slide tackling, getting the ball, and then you still make contact with the guy after you get the ball. Typically, it's not going to get called if it's happening. Like if the collision happens as a result of you guys challenging each other that way. So I didn't. I thought it was very much a natural, a natural play on the ball from Guzan. I think he got the ball and and played it correctly. And I don't think it was a penalty. I I don't I don't think Bella's was a penalty. I don't think Guzan's was a penalty. And then because unless they have different footage of the Miles Robinson incident, it wasn't clear and obvious, so it didn't get called initially. So there was no reason for them to call it back. They probably didn't have enough definitive evidence to say, oh, yeah, he definitely hit it and changed the trajectory of the ball or changed the, uh, you know, um, disallowed a goal scoring opportunity or something like that. Yeah, I, I completely agree about all yeah. of that. And Mike German, Mike German saying Miles was Miles's was the only one that could have reasonably been called in his opinion. And I agree. Um um, yeah, and same with Dirty Bird Person. The Robinson one was the only one I thought a PK would have been justified. Um, yeah, and yeah, it seems like the sentiment is uh, kind of ringing out in the trap. I'm right. You guys are I don't, <laughs> not not 100% right. I'm 100% right. Always, just, always. Yeah, you know, the, for the more, sure. <laughs> in talking about handballs, I can think of no better time to talk about our this week's sponsor. With the smoothest balls in the game. (laughs) Support. Uh, Hold on. Just what? Damn it. You caught me off guard, Kevin. (laughs) I need to get this. uh, I need to get this up and running. Long story short, we talk a lot about the game of soccer, but we rarely talk about the equipment. We're talking about balls tonight, folks. Yep. Particularly your balls. (laughs) Support for (laughs) this episode of Home Before Dark is brought to you by Manscaped who are the below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. <laughs> Manscaped just launched Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0, not the three, not the two, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer to you. Use the code HBD, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. That's code HBD. Happy birthday at Manscaped.com. Yeah. Say happy birthday to yourself by going to Manscaped.com. Exactly. They were were very fortunate, or we were all very fortunate, that they shipped all of us the 4.0 so we could all use it. And as a man that has to do a lot of personal grooming on this side of the body, I can I can contest to the, or attest to the fact that it is it is perfect for all your beard and head trimming needs. It's all waterproof. 
Easy peasy. And we haven't done a sponsor in five years of doing this show, but somebody's got to pay our dues. So go to manscaped.com, use code word HBD to get 20% off and free shipping. So I have a story. I mean, uh, I'm a, I'm kind of guy who has a, a heavy hair genetic uh, below the waist. So um, previously, <laughs> previously when I was just, you know, slashing a razor down there and, you know, you've got to get, you've got to make I thought sure. you used a scythe at one time. Well, I mean, it's old world. It's old world. I mean, you've got to pull things kind of tight. And if you don't, you know, it can really, it can really get messy. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of blood with head injuries before, but this was, you know, it was a lot. Uh, I mean, I'll show you. It's a shame my camera doesn't work. Yeah, uh, it's it's fitting that it's not working. But with that. Manscaped, uh, it was it was nice and clean. It was quick. There was a lot of less cleanup. I uh, didn't have to use any Band-Aids. Um, great. It was great product. I'd been thinking of getting one for a while, and then uh, they just posted one to uh, promote the show. So that's, that's great. Yeah, Good job, man. Sure. Me too. Yeah, to be honestly though, this is really like a fantastic piece of machinery. Um, it's yeah. got wireless charging. One of the things I really like about it for anybody who travels and has issues with like their razor or anything like that in your, or like a toothbrush in your dop kit, it actually has a, uh, like an auto lock, like a travel lock feature. You could triple tap the button. doesn't come on whenever you're traveling. If it's in your suitcase, gets jostled around that sort of thing. It's uh yeah, it's yeah, it's very. So I'm well, looking at all uh, you well guys. Be sure to go check it out. Um, get 20% off and free shipping using code HBD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code HBD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That's right. Good job, guys. Sorry, Will Byron. I guess that was too much information for him. Oh no! It was Richard a five-minute ad read, which was supposed to be sixty seconds. But we're done now. We're back to the show. We just had to get it out there, man. We had too much fun with it. They're going to be our sponsor all throughout May. So get used to it. I mean, it, it's better than like equating players to Pokemon or some shit like that, <laughs> or to Arby sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Elliot. Dude, so if, Elliot would you could get says, an Arby subscription? Or subscription. Uh, that would be yeah, great, too. I could get a subscription. <laughs> Look, I wanna, you know how you get those Instagram ads? They're like, it's the Netflix of whatever. Or it's the blank. It's like, it's this is the Netflix of socks. This is the Netflix of Arby's. Like, that's what I need. Uh, really, I want to apologize to Michelle and Brittany S. <laughs> we had some internal conversations before these ad reads, knowing that you two would have to listen to this primarily. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't expecting Dan to. Uh... <laughs> hey, I'm an open book, you know. You know, people have got to know about these things. I mean, it's true. You you got to know about these things. I mean, in particular, you know, you you should be checking your 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 fellas every day for to make sure for testis, testicular cancer and stuff. So, yeah. you know, That's you want true. you want to keep it you want to keep it clean so you've got you've got space to work. You know what I mean. That's yeah. over, speaking man. Of, yeah, speaking of keeping it clean, that's something we did not do yesterday when we let that goal in. Oh, very it good. Is, uh, Way to bring it back around, Tim. It was, um, yeah. 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 It was It was disappointing. But that said, we're on the road, really hot temperatures, still early in the season. I thought we played generally well 
I, I don't know. I it, It's impossible for me to tell. Sometimes I think I don't know soccer because I see the reactions of people on Twitter. And I'm like, I got to be thinking I'm wrong in the way that like I'm judging this team and evaluating what I'm seeing on the field because I, I'm sitting there trying to pull out the positives after the last two years. You know, last year, you know, whatever, 2018, it was, uh, or no, I guess 2019, it was like, okay, well, anything is found money. If we have any success, we made Eastern Conference Finals. Fucking awesome. Next year, pandemic. Okay, anything that we can extract out of this, great. I don't have to be as gone or whatever. Stephen Glass comes in. Uh, okay, well, what I blacked what, out what, during what, that. Yeah, what what <laughs> play, like what players are doing well? Like what can we bring into next season? What can we carry over in this year? It's you know, I thought after the last time it would have been like give you know give him give Gabriel Heinz a time, give these players time, and give them patience and have patience for them going into the season. And as it progress to see, like, I I don't see that. Like people are impatient. It doesn't seem like a hindsight out type crowd, but people are definitely getting Speak flustered. Speak for yourself. And- Michelle is in the trap calling for his head on a plate. Hindsight yeah. out <laughs> isn't time yet. <laughs> no, I, I, it's not. I, I mean, we gave FDB a year. I'm more than happy to give hindsight a year. Plus he's got, you know, we've, it's, it's so, the beginning of an MLS season is so awkward as with uh, Champions League to deal with because you're throwing a system and players that have have um, not had time to coalesce just right into the fire. Uh, and it can be great. It can be, you know, baptism by fire can be great, but sometimes it's just it's not what you need at that point in time. So, so- we, we've still got some time to gel, and I feel like the – just the the lack of chemistry that we have with players is um, is just something that's going to work itself out. So I think that that is certainly a case to be made. But Brian is making the only point that matters to me right now this far into the season, which is I'm not sure if it's Heinz's fault or our defenders can't make contact with the ball in our own box. I've I've sat here and said it every fucking week so far. I can't count the amount of times a ball rolls across the floor from one side of the 18 to the other and multiple defenders are whiffing on it. Like you can't make excuses on either side, whether it's players or coaches that are consistently at fault for doing that. Like, I mean, every single game it happens once, if not multiple times, I don't know how that gets corrected without going back to fundamentals at some point in training. Like that's not fatigue. That's not a new system. That's not chemistry. That's players doing what they need to do. And ultimately they're not doing it on the back line. Like I think that there are certain situations that will, will certainly be remedied with chemistry and getting familiar with the system. But there are too many times that very, very simple mistakes are being made on the back line that are not going to be like Atlanta's not going to be for the better having those mistakes week in and week out throughout the season if they don't correct it sooner rather than later. Did somebody say balls across the floor? No, I'm just <laughs> I'm sure Dan is probably chomping at the bit to get in here on this. No, I um so I think just because they these these mistakes do occur and and again it led to an Iguain chance um with with Miles whiffing on that one. But I feel like as a I don't know what you can do about it. What I think you can do about it is score goals 
so you can be up and then learn to deal with these things, with these defensive areas as we come in. Because it seems like War is going to have one or two uh, major defensive areas. Like Sosa seems to have a um, a complete brain fart every game at some point, even though he's been our, our best player. So it's because he's been playing every single minute of every single game. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think that's why he's our best player. I think he's he's just been put in a position where he's been able to succeed. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying his boneheaded mistakes are as a result oh. of playing every single minute of every single game. I'm saying yeah. it's more fatigue related on Sosa's part than others, I think. Absolutely. And I think that could be the same on, on Miles Robinson. You know, he... With that one that he whiffed on, he's probably like, okay, a ball's coming in from wherever it's coming from. You know, I've got Iguain over here. Oh my gosh, the ball's there. So um, it's it's just silly things that are, that are going to happen. But I feel like the the attacking midfield and the the forwards are just that's where it stops. And I kind of feel like, sorry, I'm going to go on one here. There's a sequence of play that I was I didn't watch the game live. I just rewatched it, but. The it seems like there's always in um in general there's usually a quick build up from play. Like I know we've we've there are these glaring obviously obvious mistakes that happen every now and then, but for the large part, our defense is the best unit of players that we have on the field. They're working together very well, I think, and they're pushing us forward. But without the input from the attacking midfield and the forwards. We're not going to get anywhere. But so usually we have a pretty good quick buildup of play from the defense, and that's usually slowed by the midfield. Um, and rather than trying to play to the wings, which seems to be our strongest point, because every team that we play against just wants to jam the center of the field, we, we try and go through the midfield, which is bizarre sometimes. And then, of course, the midfield kind of just dies. There's a slow movement. The transition's not quick enough. And then we just don't have um, the forwards up there to 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 score a goal or to even make a chance at some point. So in the 58th minute, Georgie Bello does a beautiful slide tackle in the box on Wesley Morgan, like basically <laughs> picks the guy, nutmegs him at the same time. Then, jo- j- then um, walks, jumps right on the ball <clears throat> and springs a counter out to Moreno. As Moreno's got the ball, Lopez is streaking down the sideline. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> With a ton of space in front of him. But Re- Moreno misses it and actually makes a lateral pass towards the midfield where Hyman is. And then that basically stops the counter. That Hyman does make some progression forward. <clears throat> um, but at this point, <coughs> all the momentum has gone and Miami are back in their defensive structure. So then. He, um, Hyman passes the ball out to Moraney, who's now on the other side of the field. And Moraney, instead of just knocking the ball forwards and someone continuing a run, just dribbles straight to the center circle. And then there's a big old switch to Lopez, which is great. Looks good. Lopez has got some space in front of him. Lopez runs forward, passes it to Moreno. You expect Lopez is going to continue his run, but he doesn't. He just stops at the bottom at the top of the box and then Moreno doesn't see this, just passes like a short pass into the big, into the center of the penalty area. But of course, Lopez isn't there. And then Miami just cleans it up. And I feel like it's just a classic <coughs> microcosm of Atlanta United right now. 
I feel like you just read me the best bedtime story I've ever heard. Like, if you read that to me every night, I'd have no problem going to sleep. That was great. You're welcome, man. Next <laughs> up, our Patreon, where if you subscribe <laughs> and, and donate. You will hear Dan narrate every play from every match every week. No, I was going to say bedtime stories. Mama Llama, <laughs> da- the, if, 20 bucks, Dan will read you Mama Llama on Skype or FaceTime, <laughs> whatever you use, every single night to get you to sleep. <laughs> Got to pay these dues, y'all. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Twitter is supposed to be coming out with tips for accounts that's that's our calling um is that capital gains (laughs) y'all like is that considered capital gains (laughs) um so dan you mentioned a couple of familiar faces in that whole run of play and i think that this is one of the things that i wanted to talk about tonight specifically because i think the two most polarizing players that i've seen criticized on twitter so far are directly involved in that run of play and can, depending on who you want to place the blame on, either could be called out for it, which are Moreno and Mulraney. And I I admit, I sat here two games in the season saying that I thought that Moreno may be the best player Atlanta United has seen with the ball at his feet. And ultimately, like at least over the past two or three weeks, I have been disproven in that where i'm like just get rid of the fucking ball like why do you still have it what are you doing with it there doesn't seem to be any possession with a purpose and i feel like the same thing with jake mulraney where we've all said wow he certainly has some sort of place in this lineup we saw some benefits of him being over on the right wing early on especially paired with Lennon. we saw some link up play over there and some decent service from him uh over on that right side of the ball And ultimately, now over the past several weeks, he seems to be lost in transitions and getting pulled out of position and not really making a major impact with the ball at his feet. So what do you guys think about both of these players right now who, I mean, Mulraney obviously we had last year and and had a little bit more playtime, a little bit more significance with the team. But Moreno, who was also here last year but had significantly less impact and less time with the team, what are your thoughts on both of those players or any other players right now just a couple of weeks into the season? What in this lineup, which seems to be the starting lineup going forward, at least until Barco and Dam get healthy and maybe Franco uh, endears himself into Heinz's system on the back line, what are some of your thoughts on some of these familiar faces and some of the the issues that we've seen in the lineup so far? I, you know, I would say that we have – seven players who it sounds crazy to say because that seems like a big number but i think probably seven players who i think spots are pretty much all but guaranteed on the field between let me see if, uh, i'm trying to do this off the uh off the cuff but you know guzan bello lennon robinson um i'm not gonna throw walks in there yet um but Heinemann, um joseph joseph and then I would say Barco if he's healthy, but yeah, true. But as I mean, they're they're definitely expendable players from yeah. um, from the lineup yesterday. I did, I do like. I think nineteen year old. You have to keep this in mind. Nineteen year old Eric Lopez has shown signs that he is a pretty talented player, and I think that as he gets, oh, sorry, Sosa, right? Like Brian says, Sosa. Oh, right? yeah, I, of course. So sorry. It should have been yeah, the first. Okay. Yeah, oh, should have been sorry. the first name. So sorry, I'm, we're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's our um, beef and but, cheddar curly fries all the things 
Everything yeah. works. They're so sad. He's, he's so meat sad. mountain. He's double beef and cheddar. <laughs> he's he's half it. pound beef if you don't like the cheddar sauce or the onion <laughs> bun. He is, he, is, he is the pick five from Arby's. That's what he is. But he's, yeah. Um, no, but he, um, I, I don't know. I, I think there are, there are definitely a handful of players yesterday that I wouldn't say are expendable so much so as their spots aren't guaranteed because I think they still do prove to be beneficial, but not maybe in a starting role. Um, it's hard to say that with Moreno coming in as a DP player last year and then being bought down with Tam this year. It's his performances have been subpar to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't, I, it's tough for me. I, I think I have a comment pinned to the screen right now, Brittany S saying we should have kept Gallagher and man have no truer words been spoken at least in this moment. Cause I, I typically am a prisoner of the moment because he's playing really well for Austin played really well for us last year. We let him go. We and talked about that a couple weeks ago that yeah, he was, um, he was Atlanta's best option up top aside from Joseph. Whenever Joseph was injured, I think that with all of the, backups that we've had over the years i think gallagher was the best that put you in the best position and maybe shortly followed there by uh brendan vasquez but other than yeah. that you know up top he's certainly been the best that we've had and showed that this past weekend for sure yeah i definitely think i definitely think you could take Moreni and moreno out um for granted i mean again we're playing down in miami in the heat second game in what four days five days um it's not necessarily like the easiest feat, but it should be something that should not affect the team that much. But um, yeah, I, th I think those two guys that you pinpointed are, are guys that I think probably are going to see the pine uh, in the not so distant future. I don't know what, uh, what you think, Dan. Um, so I think Morena, people are tired of hearing this, but I think it's relevant and true, quite frankly. Um He's he's tired. I mean, um, also against Miami, he was the highest fouled player. He was fouled seven times, True. and True. a lot of the and a, and additional times where uh, he was pulled to the ground, and no foul was given, and play were done. So it was <clears throat> as Barker wasn't on the field. I mean, Miami were were trying to pressure again and, and press. Um, to keep the ball in our half, and they would just double team Marina. They would just take him down. And foul, seven fouls is significant because oh, yeah. the next foul player was Sosa, and that was only four. And then Joseph was fouled three times. So, <coughs> man. so You got to get that vaccine, dude. That's weird. I've already had it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he could, he could barely do anything. Every time he tried to do something, he was, you know, he was, he was pulled down. So I don't, so I think that impacted, impacted his rating. Um, and there were some things that he did, like his one through ball to Lopez that was, was, was beautiful. And it's like, Oh, go on Lopez. But he was offside. And um, so I think he's just been playing a little bit more of a, a defensive role. I think against Chicago, he was, he was back defending um, just as much. He was attacking. So it's, it's kind of frustrating because you want to have him pushing up the field and not having to come back and, and defend as much, but then he played, he played really well against um, new England. I mean, he got the uh, penalty. Um, but other than that, I think, I think his time's going to come. Um, I think he's, put together a body of work like 
when he came from Lanus, he put together a deep, fairly decent body of work last year. I think it's just it's just just time for him, and hopefully people can just relax and give him that time. But it doesn't seem people want to give anyone time. No. And speaking of putting together a body of work, you can find us on OnlyFans now at uh, Home Before Dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the really good manscaped. <laughs> you guys wonder why Dan's camera is not working. It's because another program is already using the device. Okay, Jeffrey Tubin, you can turn Zoom off, uh, Dan. You can go here. Um, oh boy! So can I? Can we talk about Joseph's goal? Because we're already we're forty four minutes in, and we haven't really even brought up yeah. the him yeah, breaking absolutely. the dog. How how like wonderful and emotionally like was he crying or sweat in his eyes? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seeing him run to go and and hug the trainer is that Mario is the trainer's name? Um, I think so. <clears throat> yeah, that was a, that was a beautiful moment. I have to say yeah. that was um, it. Really was. It was um, the one thing I will say, which I, I think speaks volumes to where he is, that all it took, like, it didn't even require the most, like, intricate service or anything like that from Heinemann. It was, it was not literally just great got of a him. goal. Like, he literally turned it and put it on his left and just kicked it up the field. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, Heinemann, Heinemann gets the assist on it, but honestly... It wasn't like he put him in the best position. He just got the ball to Joseph in the box, and, get, and Joseph had enough room, just enough room to turn. And was that Shawcross that was in front of him, or was that LGP that was in front of him that I'm gave him? Sure. I don't think it was like, LGP. It, it was Shawcross. Yeah. yeah. Um, just Ryan, shitty, shitty Shawcross. And just <clears throat> a couple feet of space, and Joseph can turn and put it in. I mean, it just – it speaks to how bad it's two things, right? It's like how good Joseph is, but at the same time, just how bad and limited the service to him has been in his matches in MLS so far this year, or even yeah. in, in CCL. Yeah. Cause it, it was a goal basically just made out quite, I know it was at the top of the 18, but it was nothing. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you're right. I mean, I don't think he even looked at goal. He just turned and whopped it right in there. But how many of those – like that's kind of the disappointing part for me this season is like how many of Atlanta United's goals have come from something? Like Sosa's goal was kind of out of nothing. Like he's just outside of the 18 and he's got it by himself and nobody else is trying anything and he just rips one and puts it in. Barco's goal is he takes a free kick, it takes a deflection, he just runs onto it, makes a fucking amazing play on the ball. Joseph's goal is just set up for him right inside the box. He takes a little quick turn and puts it on his left foot. Like that's a little concerning to me watching an Atlanta team that's second in the league in possession. And last year, everybody's talking about possession with a purpose. And here we are again, having a very similar conversation. Like hopefully the team takes some note from Joseph's playmaking where it's like, if you've got the ball, in or around the 18, just take a fucking shot. Like all of this possession around the 18 and trying to get five and six touches, like they're playing five aside inside the 18 and still not coming away with anything gets a little infuriating at a certain point, you know? Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I really think it's a, it's a lot of what we've seen so far this season. And I hope it starts to get remedied. Um, 
this weekend, especially against a full attendance Mercedes Benz crowd, which will be exciting as Montreal. Yeah, I think it's part of, I think it's just chemistry that that's eventually going to come through. Um, I mean, Mulraney, although he's played, he's played really well. I still think Mulraney is a depth piece with Dan being the starter when he's healthy. Um, And also, you know, is Lopez going to be that starter? I think we've got some competition there uh, for him at that point. So we don't have any updates on Barco or Lopez. I'm assuming Lopez will come back sooner rather than Barco, just because his was a family issue that he had to miss. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen anything on Barco or Machope. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything either. Uh, I think Jake Mulraney is actually the only one who seems to be having um, a try from from outside the 18 and keeping it on target. Yeah. We do have a new name in the trap, Ingest 100. Just said wrong. Could be a lot of things on the show. Who knows yeah. what, it was oh, yeah. in, what it was in reference to. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Probably everything that I've ever said. Um, except for that I'm going to win the prediction championship this year. False. Uh, Big, big, big false there. Should I re- go back oh, through he's my... Saying Dam uh, is, he's talking about Dam being a starter. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, over Mulraney right now? Potentially. I mean, what's Mulraney giving you that Dam doesn't? Well, Dam's not fit. That's why. Well, obviously. Fit. Obviously right now with the injury and stuff like that. But as far as the run of play, I don't know. So, Tim, you and I talked about this. Dan, maybe you know. Does anybody Has anybody recognized the fact that we have a month-long break from the end of May until the end of June? Or is it, I'm assuming it's because of Euro, right? Um, man, I haven't even looked that far in advance. Yeah, we've got a break <laughs> from May 27th until the end of June, like June 29th or something like that. It's like a month-long break in – I don't know if that's across the league or if it's just Atlanta. I'm assuming well, it's across the league. There's the Olympics and then the Euro, but yeah, I know Euro starts on June 11th, and the Olympics as well at some point. So gotcha, because I think the Olympics is after that. But and then we have U.S. men's national team. I think is playing Mexico. Is that right at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Ma- Mexico Honduras is in. Or Mexico, Honduras, and then yeah. uh, Gold Cup. Brian is saying, "Is Gold uh, Cup happening right now?" Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been. I haven't been paying attention. I mean, the good that. news is Atlanta's just got to get through three weeks of play. Basically, I say all that to say, like, hopefully, Atlanta can get in some run of form over the next three weeks. Where, if some of these players come back to full time, great. If not, just weather the storm, stay in playoff contention. Don't let the season slip over the next three weeks, and then. You've got a month break to try to get to some semblance of like consistency and chemistry and all the things that we're looking for over coming into July, basically. Yeah, and then our first game back after that long break is Philly at home. Philly, Hopefully yeah, exactly. We can just destroy that crap. Uh, so, yeah, just, sorry, go just ahead, Dan. back up my shot stats. Because I know people complain that we don't do enough stats on this show. Nobody um, would ever complain about you not giving enough stats, Dan. So Jake Moreno, he has eight shots with five on target. Second is Moreno with seven with zero on target. So there you go. 
Yeah. It's okay. Pity Martinez had 70 with two on target over the course yeah, of his so, tenure, um, so I don't know who brought it pace. up. Oh, Joe Johnstone saying Mo, when we're talking about injuries, Mo Adams is close to his return. That's What's right. up, Joe? I don't think that anybody sh- shouted you out since you joined uh, tonight. He said, uh, and then uh, Brittany S saying she can't write it. She can't, or she's ready for Mo Adams. So Stephen Perales brings up a good point too. He says, uh, Sosa, and you guys talked about Sosa's legs right now. And, um, just how how much he's been putting into the team, being the heart and soul of this team, playing every single damn minute. He hasn't been subbed, right? He hasn't been subbed yet? Nope, yeah. not that I know. So Steve Perales uh, says Sosa needs a rest, but he is so essential. Hopefully Mo can come back hitting the ground running and give Sosa a break. He's probably the only midfielder that we have that kind of fits that same mold that could give him that that kind of rest that, uh, that he would it's need. Just, it's crazy to me, man. Like I feel like I'd love to see – Somebody with more time and attention to detail, Josh Bagaransky, I'm looking at you, to take screenshots of our midfield during the run of play. Like there is a giant gaping circle mm-hmm. right in the middle of the midfield where, like, Dan, I know you talked about Atlanta playing it up through the middle and getting shut down, but like every time I'm actively trying to see how Atlanta is trying to play the ball through the midfield. There is zero people taking runs or creating space in the center of the field. Like, and and maybe that's playing to the point that we're all well aware of that Atlanta wants to play it to the wings, but there's just no options and nobody trying to fill that role in the middle of the field week in and week out over the past, you know, since since the first couple weeks of the season, at least, that I've seen. I mean, I, I don't know. And I don't know who that player is. You know, it seemed to be Sosa early on. We talked about that. I mean, the, Alexi Lalas even mentioned it, right? Like, Sosa was doing everything that we wanted him to do with playing it up through that central midfield and being able to distribute the ball. And then ever since that first week, it seems to be non-existent from the backfield or anybody else in the midfield trying to help contribute with that and possess the ball down the center of the field with any sort of sense of confidence or pace. And I don't know who that person is right now. Is it Ibarra? Maybe. Like we all talked about what his contributions are and maybe he can come in and fill in here or there, but without Barco or somebody to move that ball laterally, I don't know who that player is right now. So it's, it's been Heinemann, uh, but that's the thing that because we'll want to get, so against Miami, it was Lopez Moreno, Joseph and Moreno, because we want to get them so high up the pitch and our wingbacks, we want to get them high up the pitch too. It's, you know, teams have just been pressuring our back three of Miles Sosa and Walks. Um, so it's difficult for us to play. If you look at the passing charts, there's big, fat, thick lines between Guzan, Miles, Walks, and Sosa, and, and sometimes on the wing. But um, it's frustrating because you yeah. can't. It you they're preventing us from playing forward through exactly. the middle. So exactly. That's why you've got to go to the wings, and then the switches are so important. But, and but then that's the problem is that like if you're moving it to the wings, and then your wingers aren't really doing much for you particularly like we just talked about Mulraney and Moreno not being consistent like at a certain point what are you going to do from a system standpoint like they're if they're not producing on the wings like we all know Lennon is fully capable of providing service over on the right side but on the left side I don't know who that person is without Barco in the lineup and like 
if our strategy is to play it to the wings, but we have nobody that is capable of creating chances from the wings, you have no choice but to reevaluate that approach and try to find something centrally. And I just, I, again, I'm just struggling to find out how and what this system or approach or, or playmaking and possession is leading to aside from just generalities of like Atlanta wants to play it to the wings. Okay. But then whenever you look at your wingers aside from Lennon, who looked really good, but is clearly beaten and broken up between a, a brace on his hand and a shiner on his eye, like Mulraney and Moreno and these other people, I mean, Lopez, again, you said showed some sparks. I agree with that, but overall, like, Nobody is filling that role through central midfield or on the wings to move that ball into difficult positions to bridge the gap in between both sides of the field whenever one isn't performing the way you expect it to, you know? But I feel like the answer's boring. The answer is fatigue and chemistry. So, you know, if if we have Blood guys that are <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If we have guys that are just exhausted, um, and it, that's showing because our transition play is slow. Um, you know that that's the that's what's going to be the problem. Because I feel like these guys can. You know, Mulraney's fast, Lennon's fast, Bellows fast, Lopez is fast. Mourinho is is not as fast, but everyone wants to compare. Everyone wants to compare him to Miguel Almiron, and which is like, you know, calling a, a spade no. a chicken. Um, yeah. So it, I feel like it's just, it's just time. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, there are two, there are two types of people, Dan. Those are knee high to a grasshopper, and those who ain't, right? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, so, okay. We'll see. I mean, that's the only thing I can say, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not here to blow up the entire system, and certainly not calling for Carlos Bocanegra and and Darren Neal's heads like many others may be, or for it to be hindsight out or anything like that. Like I agree with some of the points you're making, Dan, and I think that anyone would be hard pressed to not make those points with fatigue or chemistry or any of that stuff. But at a certain point, those excuses no longer exist, and I don't know when that is. Maybe it's after the break in May, but what I'm seeing right now regardless of those factors, leaves a lot of question marks in my head that I don't know that fatigue and chemistry automatically resolves. Right. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, we shouldn't have much fatigue coming back in June, towards the end right. of June. Right. That's so, what I'm saying. I mean, depending on how much training and stuff would be, you know, I feel like feel like a lot of people have said, you know, we around July, we have a lot of games in July, so – we should be seeing improvement around then. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I struggle with international breaks in that sort of thing. I feel like it's really a double-edged sword, especially a team, you know, in just 100 size chemistry. We have a new team. Um, it's true. Like, I, it's a double-edged sword for sure, right? Like, we're fatigued. But what is almost a month? I guess it's not a month long. It's like 23, 24 day break between the 29th of May and the, I think it's the 20th is, is the next game after that. Like, does that break mess with us at all? It does it, it obviously kind of um, 
stalls the building of chemistry, but what does it do to like our conditioning? Are our guys staying up in Marietta? Are they training hardcore every single day, knowing that they don't have matches to, because match fitness is different than, than training, training ground fitness. Everybody, I think everybody can agree on that, but like, what do we do to make sure that that, that, that time isn't, honestly, it's not time for a holiday, right? Like the vacation should be happening after the season, not mid season. So international breaks, I don't know if we really – I don't know who from our team is going. None of our American players are going to the Olympics, I can tell you that much. But, the, <laughs> like, what players from our, our team are, are going to be um, yeah. be taken out? None of it. Like, we should be playing hardcore stri- – we should be scrimmaging. We should, bringing it, we should be bringing in teams to play against in, in Marietta, to be honest, because that's – I think we have to – maintain this momentum and and not just take, not just look at it as a break from fatigue, but to just keep building on that cardio and, and building on that chemistry. Yeah. And hopefully it all works out. Like I said, and that's really what I'm saying. Like, Dan, I'm not saying that any of your points are invalid. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's the entire story. And, and I certainly hope that they are. I certainly hope that all of a sudden we come back two months from now and it's like, holy shit, the system and chemistry is all working, but I don't know that that necessarily resolves some of the personnel issues that I'm seeing in the lineup right now. Um, with the exception of a fully healthy, like a fully healthy Barco changes a lot of things, but you can't count on like if, if history's shown us anything, like you can't count on that. And it shows a lot of what I think. And Jess has another good point. We need to have a sage burning limit the loss of 2017 to 2019 United team. Like we had this conversation last year. Like how much of that 27 or 2017 to 2019 United team was Miguel Almiron, right? Like again, like that's what this team seems to be missing is somebody that can run it from box to box straight through the middle or left to right and, and create chances. And if it's not Miggy, it's, it's Nagby. And I just don't see either one of those players in this lineup right now, even with chemistry. And maybe it clicks. Maybe it does happen. Maybe it is Moreno. Like maybe it goes back to what I was saying early in the season, like where he looked really confident and his highlight reels certainly show that he has that potential. Um, and maybe Barco is healthy and he can sustain some sort of tenure where he's not, in for three games and out for eight. Like, I don't, I just don't know that those things exist in this lineup as it exists currently. I don't know that. And I'll sort of eat my own words on the Franco issue. Like I think that Franco should be starting as a DP in theory, because you're paying him all this money, but like, is he going to come in and make some substantial difference from the back line? Maybe, you know, maybe he clears the ball that walks whiffed on and maybe Atlanta wins one nil, but we're splitting hairs here, right? Like that's not going to create chances on the other side of the field. Like I just don't know who or how that happens. And it's, it's a lot of wishful thinking about Joseph getting healthy and systems clicking and, some things you expect to happen, certainly they will, but other things I just don't see an answer to without a hope and a prayer right now. But I'm not giving up on the team by any stretch. I don't want that to sound overly negative. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving up on the team either. I think we just need time and we'll probably come back from the break and we'll probably not have a great season. Maybe we'll finish like mid <laughs> – mid uh 
mid-table, maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs. Right. And That's then, what I'm thinking. And then um, next year we'll go balls to the wall, just like the first year of Kyle Shanahan and the second year of Kyle Shanahan. So we're going to be like maybe 2018, 2019 McLaren versus like a, versus Red Bull racing or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> been watching too much of that formula one show on netflix <laughs> way too much of it yeah, yeah like I'm, it's in my it's in it's invading my dreams it's so well done yeah um, the last thing i want to have happen is what elliot beeman is proposing which is atlanta should just grab ronaldo i don't want atlanta to become the team that's just snapping up people past their prime like i, I don't I do you do really because Ronaldo past his prime would still score 30 goals in MLS and bring a ton of money into this team. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think there's a way to go about it. I don't think Wayne Rooney in DC is, is the way to go about it. He was, he did okay. And obviously like there are, there are examples of guys coming over here thinking it's a retirement league. <laughs> Blaze Matweedy and um, <laughs> Steven Gerrard. <laughs> yes. Who won a title with a, uh, no, he didn't you know, he quit in the middle he? of the year. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, um, but Robbie, like Robbie Keane, like there, there are guys, especially strikers. I feel like. I mean, Henri uh, had a good run with Red Bulls too, right? Yeah, Zlatan yeah. had a yeah. fucking phenomenal run with LA Galaxy. So I, that could be debated. Aside from his first season where he lit things on fire, but that was really he had two years there, right? Or was it just the one? He had two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from his first year, it wasn't, I mean, and even then it's not like galaxy went on some crazy tear in the playoffs. No, it's true. This is true. No, we need to go raid some team and get a attacking midfielder and sell off Barco. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to find somewhere to replace Kubo Torres. Yeah. So Dan, do you have us a breakdown for this week's matchup against Montreal? Yeah, I think um, we'll borrow. We need, we need because a clearly they're helping me with my predictions, so I'm waiting on you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do like we need to do like a little segue into it's Dan's data. I don't know what that I don't know what the alliterative title for his section like his his segment is, but we'll find it. Dan's download. The Dan's download. And my camera comes on. Sponsored by Trojan. (laughs) (laughs) And the camera comes on and I'm just shaving my balls. Oh, boy. Um, All right. So I think Will Boron in the trap, he mentioned um, that we could really, we could take Montreal to the cleaners. Um, They have not had the best set of results. I mean, so they just lost last week. What was so funny about that? No, it's Brian. We've got it. It's the Dan oh. mode, <laughs> which sounds really inappropriate now that I say it out loud, but I like it for the title of your segment. Brian is inappropriate. <laughs> um, they lost 2-0 to the Vancouver Whitecaps, who have been playing. I mean, they've been playing a lot of better. Oh, geez. This, that's terrible. Um, then they, they drew 0-0 with the Columbus crew, who haven't been on the best run of form. Um, drew 2-2 with Nashville, but if you watch that Nashville game, I mean, Montreal were 2-0 up, and Nashville came from behind and very easily could have had another three, uh, had a, another two goals. Um, and then they beat, at the start of the season, they beat Toronto 4-2. So it's very sort of 
up and down, but there kind of seem to be on a downtrend right now. But then, you know, form is temporary. Uh, they have one DP in Victor Wanyama, which I thought was very strange. Um, they brought in Jordi Mihailovic uh, from Chicago in the offseason for 800,000 uh, gam bucks. That's um, shrewd business, right, Dan? I'm not. That, I'm not crazy, right? Georgi Mihaljevic is a pretty, pretty fantastic, like young talent. Yeah, I was. I looked. I think he's valued around about four million, uh, and I was really surprised that they got him for that deal. And he's been great for them. He's been because he's a homegrown kid player. from Chicago too, right? Like for them to let him go for that, for that amount, knowing that he's like U.S. men's national team, you know, potential that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think Chicago have had the best business acumen when it comes to their team. I feel like they've, they've kind of whiffed on a lot of these things, but um, Mihailovic. So I'm using um, sofa scores uh, ratings. So Mihailovic has been the best player. He scores like a 7.3 average rating per game, which is really good. It's better than Moreno is right now. Um, He's their shot leader with uh, 2.3 shots per game. Um, Followed closely behind by Roman Kyoto at 2.5 shots per game. But then um, Mason Toy's been throwing in two goals and two assists. He's their goal-scoring goal leader and their assist leader. Uh, but Mihailovic's really been that that key cog in the, in the attacking midfield. So they play with two strikers. Um, they've had Kyoto. It's been pretty... Uh, He's been the guy who's who's remained. He's played all the games, and then Mason Toy and Johnson, I think, is has kind of uh, played the two. But Toy's their starter. He, I'm thinking, he's the one who could be facing Atlanta. However, Montreal are playing our good friends into Miami on Wednesday of this week, so they will have a short rest before they play us this weekend. Which is, I think, that's the first time. That has happened all season for this week. So for for Atlanta, so we we want to see a tired um, <laughs> a tired Montreal team that's that's coming off uh, probably a really hard fought draw with Inter Miami. Um, so again, it brings up the same thing that we've been talking about. You know, they play because they play Kyoto and Toy up front. They play two strikers. I am assuming Heinzer is just going to not worry about that um, that back three center back that I've been going on about of Walks Franco and and Miles and just go with the same uh, basically that four three three. But even though Sosa drops back, but part of me wants to see Sosa move forward. But we, we shall see. Um, I feel like this team could be for the taking, but uh, every time it kind of sets up like that. It never really happens uh, for us. Um, we, we let me try and pull up a head to head. So, um, oh, stall for me, Tim. Talk about manscaped and shaving again. Yeah, no, I didn't want to go. So, so from what from what he said, Tim, what do you think for score prediction for you? Oh, geez. Um, you know what? But if I'll you're not probably... ready, we can certainly read them from the trap. Brittany, That's okay. I've got, I've got, I've got some more. So just before you get into that, I've got my head-to-head stats from the download. Uh, so we beat them. We've beat them four times. They've drawn once, and they only beat us once when that was the first time we played them up in Saputo Stadium, and Anthony Jackson Hamel played that 
ridiculous heel kick to seal away. Yeah, super say. substitute. Yeah, came mm-hmm. in and and LGB, yeah, LGB red card. Like there is so much about that game that just. But then don't, Kevin Kratz came back in. And, uh, Kevin Kratz came in and blasted two free kicks. Past the past them, it was the same free kick in the same spot for both of them, which was fantastic. So yeah. Anyway, um, I. I honestly score prediction. I think um, I think I'm gonna go with a nil nil. Wow. Yeah. Well, who 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 doesn't score? <laughs> well, hold on. So can we? I think it's it's not, uh, and I'm not complaining, but it's a little unfair that if you if you bet nil nil, you can't get extra points from the scoring. So I say I'm gonna go ahead and say nil nil gets you four points if you get it right. Okay, I like that. No, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm, I, no, no I'm that's that's no. that's that's totally valid. Like, if you say nil nil, yeah, no, I think that's totally valid. If you go nil nil and it's nil nil, I think that's that's a four point for sure. It's like, yeah, it's or Dan, do or, you have any complaints with that? I think that's a good rule. Uh, yes, because you're doing one prediction to get extra points. Right, but he doesn't get to say anything about like if if it's two nil and I get one of the goal scorers, right, then it's automatically four points because I'm, like I'm predicting spade. that somebody calls a you're, – you're hedging your bets based on somebody scoring a goal. Like if there's no goal scored, the most you can score – like even if you get it right, the most you can get is three points. Like that seems skewed in my opinion. Um, we've had one <laughs> nil-nil draw. So then why are you worried about it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Put your money where your mouth's at. For man. real. We've had one nil-nil draw, but no, I can't do four points for it. Not if Tim's going to get it right. <laughs> no, I'm not worried about Tim. I'm worried about you. Let's go get a nil-nil every time. And pull it okay, up. so if I say I'm not going nil-nil, are we good with it being four points? <laughs> no, that's fine. If you want to do that four points for a nil-nil. Okay. See, I, it's I nil-nil, look at it, you get it. It's four points. I look at it like whenever you're bidding in spades. Right, like if I bid nil, it's gonna nil nil. It's gonna be tougher that to happen, but I should I should get the points for it. Agreed. So nil nil for Tim if he gets it. It's four points. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put on the the wig and I don't have a mallet in here. I don't think anymore. <laughs> Damn it! I don't have a gavel in my office anymore. Uh, before Dan, we've got a couple from the trap before they get buried in the comments here. Um, Brittany has two nil Atlanta United wishful thinking. Steven Perales, Atlanta, two nil Elliot Beaven, Atlanta, three nil in just 100, two nil win for the four stripes. The extra crowd will su- support will help Elliot Beaven five stripes. Of course, uh, dirty bird person, two, two Richard Gordon, one nil Atlanta. Um, all right, Dan, what do you got? I'm going to go for a 2-1 Atlanta victory. You motherfucker. That's what I was going to say. I've got 2-1 as well, so it's head-to-head now. 2-1, I will. since you said what my prediction was going to be, I'll only <laughs> say my goal scores, so it doesn't seem like I'm copying you entirely, but I did have it written down before you said it. My goal scorers this week against Montreal are Heinemann and Lennon. What about for you? Uh, oh, weird. That's what I was going to go for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> are you really? No, no. Oh, okay. uh, I'll go for, uh, I think, let's say Joseph gets on a hot streak and gets both of them. Wow. Okay. I hope so. I just, I think that personally, 
with the factors outside of the match, uh, short week turnaround on the road for Montreal, a uh, home game for Atlanta United against a full attendance crowd with the extra little bit of time for rest. I think it bodes well for Atlanta. Um, yeah, again, I think there's a lot of question marks on this team. I don't think it's a shutout because I don't, I just I just don't see it from this team right now. Atlanta has consistently conceded goals over, since the first two weeks of play. Um, so I just from the defensive side of things, I think that one sneaks in at least. So that was the reasoning for my two one. Chiefs coach Steve's one nil Atlanta. Um, I did one. I would be remiss. If I didn't go over the uh, positive negatives that we got from Twitter real quick. Absolutely. Uh, Richard Gordon from the Miami game. Richard Gordon said the positive Joseph scoring, of course. Don't know if he'll ever get back to his old form, but the pressure of that first goal back is off. Negative missed opportunities to score and win the game. All in all, not a horrible performance. Just need a few more things to start clicking. Uh, Kevin Escobar, a.k.a. Baron Timo, a.k.a. Cadesco, a.k.a. Little pistol starter uh, says one positive we scored negative we score we got scored on I'm sunburnt I'm leaving South Florida tonight my weekend vacation is over it counts as one if I said it all in one breath right that's correct those them's is the rules uh, Gabe aka Gabe hashtag Sosa Squad five Lajas aka Gully Cuban thirteen saying positive El Ray negative Sosa's tired uh, Sosa's tired mind and legs. Most of the back line, actually. And then Alex Morrison uh, saying positive. LGP is still doing LGP things. Negative is Moreno going to Barco 2.0, holding on to the ball too long at the top of the box. Yes, I think that's correct. Completely agree. Um, yeah, so no new reviews on iTunes. You can certainly uh, leave those to hear those. Right we got one more. Time. We got okay. one more uh, score prediction. Two one from uh, for the culture, Grego. Two one sounds fair. We definitely need to find some attacking consistency beyond Joseph, and to a lesser extent, Barco. Nobody else is reliable to score. All right, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys and gals. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. However, you found us, be sure to leave a rating or or a review to hear it read out on the show. You can find us all collectively on Twitter at home before dark that's before spelled b in the number four you can find us individually as well on the insta jams tim where can they find you you can find me at my name that's tim herb find me as well at the architect that's at d underscore arc number one t-e-c-t and dan what about you you can find me at dan jms and on peloton oh peloton now (laughs) well on peloton you can find me to the power of dan and on the new Shave Buddies app, you can find us. At- <laughs> you can find us all on OnlyFans at Home After Dark. That's after spelled A ter. I don't know. I'm tired. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. However, you found us, we love the hell out of you. And uh, shout out to Manscaped. Go over to Manscaped.com. Use promo code HBD to get yourself twenty percent off and free shipping. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. I bet Montreal doesn't use Manscaped because they can need all the insulation they can get in that freaking cold weather up there. Jesus. And they've got a shitty transit system, apparently. Oh, my God. They got still going? Yeah. 
They got Joe Beefs, though, and the, the bologna, fried bologna sandwiches. Gross. Talk about me. <laughs> <laughs>